Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Welcome back to a new episode of Missing Curfew. I'm your boy Shane O'Brien at Action Park Media with my boy Scotty Updog Upshaw and our captain in the booth, Kevin Connolly. What's up, fellas? And back off the injured reserve, feeling good, our boy on the East Coast, Broadway He's Jimmy back. Hayes. Lower yeah, body it was, injury. Uh, it was a th- the doc said I was a no-go, but undisclosed injury, you know, but... It's just I'm pumped that it's not another healthy scratch. It's just it's just a, it, it was it was an injury and the doc doc wasn't letting me get in there. You taped an Advil to it. You're back back on the ice. He packed, get right back in there. He packing an Advil. We heard it was lower body. We heard it was lower body. Cons did some digging. Said lower body. Broadway. It, yeah, it could have been a lower body issue. I, it, it, it might have. Yeah, I, we'll go with the lower body. Well, anyways, we're happy to have you back. We picked up the slack. We got a, we had the saying here, "Next man up." At Mister Curfew, Cons gave us the next man up speech, and we just we we picked up the slack and we got the W for you, bro. You sure did. That episode was unbelievable. I was a little jealous, uh, missing on some of the stories with the uh, the goalies and stuff. But I, I got a goalie when we start talking about a guy later on that we're going to talk about next, later on the episode here, and it's uh tie in nicely you were a goalie's worst nightmare jimmy just six foot six frame right in front of him fucking elbowing him in the teeth jimmy are you six get on top of that blue six? paint baby jimmy are you, you six foot six six five i'm skates no, the roster depends six seven i had no i fuck that jimmy's you a don't big boy <laughs> bro he's a big boy thank god Who he was, knew think he's a friendly giant thank god <laughs> thank you god big cons might have uh didn't realize uh how much tall i got a picture on my uh camera that we can the difference in height cons if I can well, send it your way. If I would have known that, I would have been like, fuck. Hey, <laughs> you might have deleted six. that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, cons was fired up. Even if you were 6'6", six, six, he wouldn't <laughs> Boys, I think uh, without further ado, let's welcome back Shane O'Brien off of uh, a nice 30-day hole challenge. Let's uh, let's crack one for and him. He's here, going dude. Johnny oh, Blue. That's good feeling Boys, there, Oops, isn't he it? He's going Johnny Blue, baby. It's so good. How good be- does that body feel? Listen... It's so good. Thank you, to Uppy. Thanks for having me back. It's been a long Cheers, 30 bud. days. Cheers. The house lights here at Action Park are melting my ice, but, I mean, I got the blue label, <laughs> and I'm going to have a little sip, Broadway. Kevin, you guys, everyone. Cheers, here. boys. Cheers. I got a little Coors Light. Cheers, That's boys. My, my go-to is these silver bullets. I'd love to join you, Obes. I'd love I'm to join you. I'm on that train right now, Obes. I'm going with the cleanse. The body needs a little cleanse, too, so I'm going to attack this 30-day challenge as well. See how I feel after 30. If I'm feeling great, it might keep going. Who knows? Cons, let's God, talk I'm about you not, I'm trying to get back into hockey, hockey, uh, hockey shape, I like to say. You know, you have the six-pack and looking good. I got the I, old I, dad bod right now, so I got to get my ass back in shape. I would love to join you with that Johnny Blue Obi, but it is, it's 10.20 a.m. <laughs> and uh, I don't think that would fare well for the rest of my day. Hey, well, got a well, long day here. Listen, I, I, I appreciate the professionalism. Had I known you weren't going to drink... I would have got the black instead of the blue, bro. All right, <laughs> I got the I got the blue because I'm like I'm going to cons, you know. He's a fucking Hall of Famer. I get the blue, and he denies me. I should got the black Broadway. Yeah, save yourself a couple bucks. All yeah. right, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah. So hey. listen, yeah, go ahead up. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, down the stretch here, Shane O'Brien. He was, uh, you know, you could tell the day thirty was coming up because the Friday golf games just weren't the same without him. You know, the chicker and the jabber and the fucking, you know, how's she going? <laughs> I got a little But feisty. I tell you, I'm going to just throw this out there. I played in Monster Day yesterday with Shane O'Brien. Monster Day at our golf club at Big Canyon is uh, they put the tees all the way back where you're stepping one foot in the rough oh, on, the, on the back tees. tee. And the pins are in the hardest spots. Okay. And him and his boy, Dennis Shannon, uh, they're paired up. I'm with my our boy, Tom Doherty. Uh, these guys come out of the gate hot. And I'm talking Obi's. He's turning good. Fucking back's loose. 
couple I mean, he's feeling it the hours <laughs> upon hours just of uh of grinding sober on the track um so these guys step up on the second hole this guy on one of our hardest holes number 10 he fucking cans one from about 145 in the fairway for a two oh, and i'm just right oh, off the yeah. right two off the gate one, Broadway. i'm talking never seen oh, shane o'brien fucking can one from the fairway like that but boy he got his group going and then his boy dennis so that was a two for one that was a two for one Two, two for one, one. Is there any better one, feeling than stroking and then just hammering a birdie and then you just go two? Fuck, that's a good It would have been better if I would have had a cocktail going. Yeah, it would have been a lot better. <laughs> then Dennis Shannon, his partner, steps up on, on uh, hole 13 and fucking puts one like three, four feet away, taps in a deuce, another two for one. So these guys, I'm, I'm talking, they... They deserve the win yesterday. They lost by one shot, but they fucking grinded. But this Shane O'Brien, man, welcome, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. Obes, Obes, what's your handicap at these days? Listen, my handicap went from a six to an eight in 30 days of not drinking. So, <laughs> listen, I'm cons, I'm a bad six, but I'm a dangerous eight. So, if you add an eight, I like yeah, my I'm chances. I'm in a ten and a half. Ryan Whitney hates giving me strokes. I, I know the feeling up, dog. You're probably down at like, what, a three or a two? I'm giving a, strokes is the worst fucking thing in the world. That's low now, Jimmy. COVID has really uh, affected my golf golf game. Uh, I'll be constructive. Let's move into some hockey here, boys. We got for you missing curfew crew listeners out there. First of all, we appreciate. Sorry, we're a little late in the week on the, the recording here. We had some stuff earlier in the week that we had to take care of. Uh, so we appreciate your uh, patience with us. We got some bubble rumors, cons. We, bubble rumors. We got oh, some like, bubble. Some juicy ones, too. Rumors from the homeland, from the homeland. Updog, start us off. And listen, folks, this is all just rumors, no names. We're not trying to anything. Allegedly. Allegedly. This is what's going on in the bubble. And as ex-pros. Innocent to proven guilty in this country. Yeah. We're just jealous. Well, you know what? There was (laughs) at one point when we started this off, we were talking to the boys in the bubble. There was a, there was a big, you know, stig, stigment or whatever the hell that word is. (laughs) Stigma. 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 There he is. Love that. Liquid hot stigma. That's a junior guy. <laughs> so about playing in Alberta rather than Toronto. So Edmonton, I mean, at the start, it was a little bit of a concrete jungle. <laughs> and from what we hear, it turned into an absolute, an absolute pussy palace. <laughs> I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking, these rumors we're hearing over there is that, is that stuff is, uh, is on the up and up and the boys are playing so hard. You're winning games and then you're enjoying it after. You know they got a JW. Yeah, the old Marriott saying goes: there. "Chicks fuck winners," right, up dog? I mean, what what better time to say I'm proud to be Albertan? Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, what happened? What are the rumors? Yeah. Talk to us. Go ahead, ups. You want to start? So, so what I hear is that um, you know there's a nice, well-equipped staff at the JW Marriott inside the bubble, taking care of you know the daily ins and outs of the guys, making sure their beds are clean, making sure the food's on the table, uh, you know <laughs> the pillows are fluffed up. But I guess they're going, they're going the above and beyond here, and they're really uh, taking care of some of the boys. And you got to think, there's got to be a lot of competition for uh, for those girls out there who are working at this Fuck hotel. Yeah. What, what, tons. There's 12 teams at the start? Tons that's of a, wheels, tons of guys. Of young bucks in there looking to get loose. A lot I mean, of money going like, around. That's like the opposite of when Cons took me to the Playboy Mansion for the first time. Like That was a good place to succeed for these, these girls. These hockey players are staying there. It's like no better opportunity, right? The yeah, closest so. I ever got to a Playboy Mansion was on that hole at the L.A. Country Club just here in the fucking zoo in the back, so I haven't been in there yet. <laughs> you should have climbed the fence, Jimbo. <laughs> you can hear the monkeys. I thought about it. It was tempting. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm told after uh, after one of the big wins by a, a good Western Conference team that some of the boys snuck in a couple <laughs> babes into the bubble. I don't know Couples, how you sneak into the bubble. Oh, you find a way. Because there's those big, big tall hey, does, gates does around. Babes have access to that bubble, and, you know, they're not dumb. But lo and behold, I think they got busted. I think they no. did. Yeah. Rumor has it. What's rumor the rumor? has it that uh, the NHL slapping fines on some teams for the, uh, the sneak in the babes. How hefty these Are we going to find out? I heard it's, uh, it's what you'd see around throwing around a card table on a real long flight, Jimmy. Oh, like the old classic like the playing old poker days. on the Florida plane, and I was already down two grand before the plane took off, that type? <laughs> right before the engine even got up. Rebuy. Uh, so we're told 40K. Wow. 40K is the number. Cons, what do you think oh, of that? Wow. 40. Uh, that's a, that's going to be a tough one to explain to the agent. That come out of the sea? No, it goes out. The team pays it. But I, if I'm the owner, I'm like, well, the boys are. if the boys are winning in team building, I'll, I'll cut a check for 40 to keep these guys happy, right? If it's- Fuck yeah. It all yeah. starts yeah, at the top. Gotta, you got to get the kids happy. These young guys, they're the ones making you the money. 40K to the owners. 
Fucking yeah. wipe their ass with that shit. <laughs> you got to have fresh legs, too. I used to be a two-week paycheck back <laughs> Hey, so was it the team that got fined or the actual player? The team is what we're being told. Wow. We can't, Multiple We're going to keep the teams, uh, teams out of it, names out That's of it. That's why I Obviously. love the NHL. It's a team game, baby. Nothing <laughs> individual on that, baby. Yeah. Team game. I mean, up until now, I really wasn't jealous of being inside that bubble. But then I hear this and I'm, jeez. <laughs> you know, you it, have, it, oh, I think it makes a couple guys like us pretty pretty damn proud of what's going on. You don't on. even have to break curfew in there either, right? You're like, I was at the hotel. Yeah, I was in the lobby the bar. Hotel, I was in the, the fucking time. hotel. Isn't that the rule? You know, as long as you beat the coaches to that lo- lobby bar, you're good. <laughs> and what one. happened to oh, the to the, the staff? That's the biggest race off the bus. So, cons, did you? Sorry, cons, did you ever know the rule? You you might like this. So, the old rule in hockey was, if you're on the road and you walk into any restaurant or any bar and the coaches are there first, they have to turn around and leave. Vice versa, if a coach walks in and the players are there. They have to turn around and leave. That was the old wow. rule in hockey. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Like, okay, we're not going to be seen drinking with the coaches or they come in, the players, they got to go to a different bar. Yeah. I remember when I first started, when I was first in the league, it was a race. You ran up to your room to drop your bag off <laughs> to get to the bar. And then you got there first, you got the set up shop. It baby. was on. So a uh, question, what happened to the staff at the hotel? Did they get in trouble? So listen, yeah. So there's a, there's been a nice brand new JW Marriott, like my boy Updog touched on with the new building there. So, from what I've heard from my rumor, my sources in Western Canada is that they had to do a complete shift change. Like the first girls that were hired, <laughs> they came in, they laid it on the line, boom, they got cut. Brought in a second crew. So here's a text I got from a buddy in in Edmonton. He goes, Obi, rumor has it that a female worker at the steakhouse in Edmonton bubble was kicked out after being caught banging one of the players on the bathroom floor. You got to find out for me. I love that shit. We need to get it on your podcast. So that's... That's where the boys in Edmonton are wondering what the guys are doing in there. And then that's just hearsay and a rumor, folks. So I was going to say, I thought the boys would be pissed going from Toronto to Edmonton. But it sounds like Edmonton's a fucking factory. Let's just say you got to have four lines. You got to have four lines in the J- JW Marriott's got four lines just rolling. They got four have lines them. of babes rolling. Oh, yeah. Like, like these new girls are coming in. They're not going to be ready to play. <laughs> so cons, the, the bottom line is, cons, there's some activity in the bubble. Wow. Yeah. So this... Just some rumors, some fun stuff we've heard, and and listen, that's why you work hard to play in the NHL because good things happen when you're a national leaguer. Uh, Broadway, moving on here. We, we got a new new little segment here with the listeners trying to get them involved with some questions. So we got three good ones again. Uh, the first one is at Andy Thirty One Doger. This is a great question. Doger um, to Updog Broadway. Cons, you can chime in too. Um, best city to go out in after a big Saturday night win. Updog. Jeez, where do we even start? It all depends who it all depends who you're rolling with, and and in this case, I'd say you're rolling with the squad, right? You got your team, you just big win. The definition of a green light, endless it's a dudes. green light, endless and, dudes. So endless dudes. <laughs> I'm gonna go off the beaten path with this, and I'm gonna say Nashville. Whoa, I love it. Ooh. We both played there, Obi. I wasn't expecting Listen, that out of you. Fucking Smashville. Just you can close your eyes and just see all the girls dancing on the dance floor there. It's just. It's everywhere. You got good drinks, good live tunes. Tin roof. You got the bars across the street, but then if you want to sneak away, you go up to Demumbrian, <laughs> fucking hit the tin roof oh. there. You can just, Jesus. I mean, it's never ending. And then you, tin you got roof this, is what a spot. It's like the Southern Bells. You're right downtown. There's no no necessary Ubers or anything, yeah. anything bullshit. You don't have to fight traffic to go up to, to Hollywood or anything. Late, late curfew, too. Uppy, I honestly, that's a great pick by you. And I got the reputation, as you guys know, for the Roxy in Vancouver. But if you want me to be honest, <laughs> I got way more pinned at the Tin Roof in Nashville than I ever did at the Roxy. <laughs> like, the, the Tin Roof, Morgan 100%. and the boys would keep it open until God knows what time. There's old Morgan. I got a little slap on the wrist in Nashville one time. I was uh, accused of being out by myself. Could you picture that? Me out in Nashville by myself, boys. I would never <laughs> throw anybody on the bus, but... I got a little meeting with the GM on a Sunday morning telling me to clean up my act. And I was like, all right, buddy, you think I was the only one there? You're fucking nuts. I actually got a good story about Nashville. So I go there with Trotsy, and this is three-quarters of the way in the season, right? And I'm going hard ups. But we're winning. We had teams buzzing. City's going. And Trotsy pulls me in. He's like, <laughs> Obi, what did I tell you when you got here? And I'm thinking, like, fuck, be a good penalty kill guy, good in the room. Like, Get it out. We're a defensive first team. Like, he's like, no, no, no. Nashville is a small city. Slow the fuck down. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess that's true. So, oh, Trotsy had a way with words. Didn't he? Oh, he had a way to just get his message across. Broadway and just make you feel guilty too, right? I hate that fucking feeling. What about you, Broadway? 
My pick is Chicago, baby. I love Chicago. That's where my NHL career started. And I had the best time there, especially after a Saturday night win with green light. You just go right to Paris Club. Two o'clock, Paris Club's closing. Oh, shit. I'll walk across the street and hit up underground at 4 a.m. Those places were unbelievable. And it was a factory in there, I tell you. I have a question. What is green light? Means that like the coaches know that the guys are going out? Yes. That's, that's the definition of a green light. So, yeah, cons at the start of the season, especially a guy like my boy to my right here, Opshaw, he'll go through the schedule and he will highlight, <laughs> he will highlight nights with green marker with a flashing light that says, boys, I don't care if you never go out. This is the night you do go out. Yeah. And you march right into the office, the coach's office, and you kind of lay it out. All right. You see this break here? Can we do our, <laughs> can we do our rookie dinner here? And if he gives you, no, no, it's too early in the season. You, you have, you have next. You're like, okay, how about this spot? And basically, you and the leaders go in, and just like we are here in this recording studio, as soon as that green light goes on, it's action, baby. Okay, so so you have to run the rookie party by the coach. Does that go to the GM? Does Lamar- Lou Lamorello get to decide when the Islanders have their rookie party? Good question. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a full the GM. It's the leaders, so your, your, your captains and your leaders sit with the coaches. They got to okay it with the GM because ultimately – any sort of the relationships between coaches and GMs when you let your boys just have an absolute bash, it's all, you know, they know what's going on. Cause the GM usually at that point takes out the coaches and they spend all the money on their credit card. And they usually give us a little cash to spend on ours. So, uh, oh, yeah. it, it's a, it's a team bender team green light. And then there's like, uh, what we call them, you know, the old flashing yellow lights cons where only certain guys are going to take those, but <laughs> You just put the you put the gas pedal down. And you go on the old yellows right, too. You're playing on the five on three. I think us three yeah. might have hit a couple of those yellow lights. Yeah, that, and for me, boys, it was it was Montreal. Bonanote back in the day. Ooh. I mean, listen, you didn't uh, have to speak French. You just had to Paris? wear you had to wear a suit and, and say you played in the game, and it was pretty good. So I like Montreal for after a big Saturday night win. It's hard to turn down any Canadian city, actually. Yeah. When you got to go with your whole squad, it's tough to. Uh, it's tough to turn down those those Canadian babes. Yeah, it's like it's like you cons. It's like actors in L.A. and in New York. They they do well. They're hockey players, obviously in Canada. It's it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot easier situation. Last man. question. Last question. Does do the guys with the biggest tickets always get stuck with the bill? Uh, the guys with the big tickets, they actually, for, for the most part, they enjoy taking care of the bill. It's not even well. They, they sure should. Do. They should. And it's an, it's no questions asked. Some of the some of the best guys I've ever played with have have always. They don't even, it's one of those cons, and you're good at this, but before the check even comes, uh, they've already taken care It's already taken care It's already taken care of. Already taken yeah, care of. Alex Dean does it all the time. Yeah, up dog, right? You said that you started taking care of. Tuka Rass was a king at that. The bill had already be paid for, and he'd already be gone. And who paid? Oh, that guy that just left. And you see him walking out the door, and <laughs> next day you say thanks, and he's, like he said, Hey, hey, Broadway, since Kevin signed the big ticket, is he getting stuck with a lot of checks with the boys? I'm getting what? stuck with a lot of checks when I'm around, I'll tell you that. <laughs> if I'm around, my fucking hands are getting alligator arms. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm wearing sweatpants, bro. My, my wallet's in the car. What do you want me to do? Oh, I left it at home. Sorry, Kev. I'll get you back next week. That's the Kevin Dillon Kev, special, Kev, by the way. Kev got free rent for me for three, three years. So we, we broke even, I think. Hey, up you're right. Cons is good at that, right? Every, yeah, every yeah. time you go for dinner, 100%. he comes back and he's like, "I take care, bro. Let's go." Let's yeah, go but on. I didn't pay for it. Actually. No, I it's know, but I'm just saying. Meal. I just had to it's go all right. To we didn't guys. pay for it. So <laughs> Con- Cons is on the bigger and better things, baby. We're on to the next page. Cons question leads us into our next listener question. It's at Lee Wenster. Uh, throughout your guys' career, this is a great question. Who put the most money on the board throughout your playing career? And for people out there, up, you want to explain it or Broadway? Go ahead. Uh, the money on the board is when you have to put uh, a certain amount of money on. It doesn't matter which team, like each game. Like somebody like me going back home and playing against Boston when I was playing for Florida, I'd always put 617 on, $617 because that's my area code to my cell phone. And so guys just continue to put the money on the board. And when you win, you pay the fine fund. And when you lose, you don't have to pay. So unfortunately, those Florida teams I played for, we never really beat the Bruins. So I was kind of breaking even every time. <laughs> yeah. But that fine fund continues to add up. And that's what gets going. You get the better parties, the better clubs, the better dinners. So you got to be on a so, team that wins. So basically, it go, Jimmy, basically it goes into a team fund. So if yes, you're at a rookie a dinner, fund. does it go into the rookie party? It, it's like you start building. You have to, so, so just so people at home understand the rules. Money goes on the board. It goes toward all types of parties. 
And then it goes towards those green lights we were just talking about. You got gather up 12 more guys, and then all of a sudden the fine fund's paying for it. But if you're going with four guys, you're paying yourself. I was always a fine fund guy. Jimmy, I was in Florida. I was in St. Louis, uh, even back in Phoenix. And so fine fund, it's a, it's, a, it's a different word. It's a team fund. It's a fun fund. It's the team yes. fun fund, basically. <laughs> and yes. what it is is it takes care of dinners. It takes care of team parties, which can be with the wives or girlfriends back in town. What? Or it could be... Yeah, what? <laughs> that never happened. To I you. mean, some huh? of these, some of these Wise guys that were married. We had that issue in Florida once. Totally. Fuck. We got a last minute. That's like, bullshit. Guys were bringing the wives to Miami, and I, I showed up to the rink the next day. This was after the season. Oh. I showed up to the rink the next day. I looked around. I said, "You guys, you obviously know that text was not coming from me." <laughs> yeah. I oh, am man. The, the reservation one. went from twenty three to fifty. Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of extra unnecessary money spent that day. Yeah, but. that's a waste of a fine <laughs> fund, if you ask me. That should be off limits. <laughs> I kept pretty good. I, I'm pretty pretty neat, pretty tidy, obes, pretty organized. You I had would an keep Excel track. sheet. Yeah, all, always an Excel sheet with the fine fund. And at times, uh, the, I think the question was, who puts the most money up? Well, I was always in charge of making sure if a guy hadn't put money up, that fucking question mark, if it was anywhere close to his birthday, any milestone, whether it was his 100th game, 100th point, uh, fuck! If he got if he got dumped at a thirty days ago, whatever it was, I was making sure if he hadn't put money up, I was. Him. <laughs> but he got dumped yeah, a month ago. You got to cash up. some money up. And basically, I I went through St. Louis. My days in St. Louis when we were good, I would make sure on on the days when we had green lights, I would make sure everyone's number was up on the board. And at times, some games we could get that pot going to maybe twenty twenty five k. And that oh, yeah. fucking gives the boys some incentive to go Especially out and win some games. Night one, night one is when the board is heavy, heavy, heavy board, and then usually it stays pretty heavy until that team gets that first win because you need the fine fun to have fun. So I think Luongo for me was one of the guys when he came back to Florida uh, from you know when he got that trade back to Florida, his hometown, uh, his first I think it was his first game at home. It wasn't on the road, but I mean I think he might have did. 5k for the boys 5k for the trainers and then f- like you know a thousand bucks for the game winner oh folks we have a, we got an accident we have a spill oh, oh, oh. this guy I remember, I remember my Back. first drink i remember my Back. first drink Obi. Obi good thing he's got the ice and a full a bottle here. johnny blue that's okay obes there's there's always another there's always another game is what we say hey eh, obes that's a rookie move. on to the next play obes. on to the next play it's we all right it's good yeah that's good I lost my train of thought. What were we just talking about? The biggest uh, money on the board I've ever seen, Marion Hosa put five grand on in Chicago. I forget what his milestone was, but then I heard rumors that year they won the cup that him and Kaner were putting up 10K on the board for the win in like, playoff games. Yeah, hey, Broadway, when I went on the road trip with the Islanders, you had Rick DiPietro with obviously like the greatest contract in the history of fucking sports, and you had... Uh, Doug Waite, who made a bunch of money, and I didn't know anything about the board, and they were like, hey, cons, we're each going five grand on the board. Are you in? I was, I got peer pressured. I fucking peer pressure, five baby. grand on the board. That's, that's hey, that's how it happens, though. That's like, Welcome to I had that Excel room. sheet. And they won. I had that Excel sheet buzzing at all times. If you if you go on a 10-game drought without putting money on the board, you got, you're getting, you're called, getting out. called out. You're Jimmy. part of the team, baby. Yeah, and and Bruno Gervais called. I'm like, yo, I don't have it on me, bro. Can I? Can I? I gotta come fucking cut you a check. I don't have five thousand cash on me. You know? Was, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you got a checkbook on you. You can, you can mail it to us. <laughs> that, that was we'll pretty, take it anytime, was, anywhere. We're, we're gonna take it, baby. That was a pretty extensive. I was I was a little caught off guard because eh, I'm a team guy. I wanted to jump in there, but you know, <laughs> yeah. that five five grand, and of course they won. You know, by the way, the team won about eighteen games that year, and this happened. To be one of them when I have five grand. <laughs> you got the so boys, the boys appreciated that one a lot more. Oh yeah, it was always cash only too. Eh, bring the Benji. Not a paying cash. No checks. No Venmo. Fuck the Venmo. Bring the cash. Yeah, cash for, is cash king, is motherfucker. King. For me, it was Matt Sundin when we went back to Toronto. He put five grand up for the game winner. I think ten ten for the win. Five grand for the five grand for the game winner, and then took the boys to music in Toronto that night, which cost more than fifteen grand. I can guarantee you. <laughs> and we had a night. Sundin had a, it was unbelievable. So that was my my best experience. And then for finishing out the question, the list of questions, midnight thirty six to you and Up Dog Broadway, who determines playing the tunes in the dressing room? Uh, it depends. The tunes is uh, it's a tough job. It could be one of the toughest sure jobs out there because you got twenty you got twenty guys getting ready for a game, and everyone's got their opinion on what sounds good and what doesn't. So you need a guy that blends. 
you know, the young to the old, the country to the, you know, to the fucking hip hop. I'm, I'm hip-hop with you, Broadway. Guy. I'm it's with you. Country. I'm telling you, but right. It's yeah, like, I feel up a year, a little alternative. I me. like alternative. You, you are. You're very jeans, alternative fucking, for me. You know, Broadway and I hat. are hip hop guys. Conch is a huge hip hop guy. So is Broadway. Yeah, I, I love my hip hop. You put some Drake and Future on, and Broadway's Broadway's down to dance. He's feeling a little loose, baby. Right, but that could also get you fired. <laughs> I was up on for a, a two-year plan everywhere I went, so I never really had control of music. But I'd always have my input on what hip hop song was number one on the charts. I'll tell you what, Kevin Shattenkirk. Ot Genesis, baby. Kevin Shattenkirk <laughs> was a fucking jam. He was he was a jam artist. Really, right I before the game, oh, he and we always had, had such the best a tune. sick sound system in our St. Louis dressing room. Although it was it was it was a shitty room at the time fixed now and nice but we spent money on a six uh, system and shaddy would fucking he, he loves edm and like i'm talking we would you play sure it does. right till the last guy was on the ice so m- normally like in your room you know some coaches or some leaders would be like hey let's shut the music down with 15 minutes to go so you can fucking tie your skates up and get ready fuck that shaddy would just hammer this right till we would go out was epic. Oh, I couldn't stand that when they like I got to Boston and the tunes turned off so early. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I was in Florida. We were listening tunes literally till my foot stepped on the ice for warm ups. <laughs> I was, this is nuts to me. I actually heard Tampa plays tunes in between periods. That's nice. Cons, what about on set for you guys? Like, you guys ever not? Like, I've been on set a couple times, but there's no music being played in between breaks or anything like that, uh, right? When or before or? when they're setting up for shots and you got like a half hour once in a while. Um, people will play music, but again, it's hard to make everybody happy, right? Yeah. So what, what makes you bop your head while you're working? Somebody else is like, that's nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I think it's, it's just, it's just, you're never going to make everybody happy. I think the one thing that we had in, a great one in Florida is your, is the win song after you win the game. That's like, oh, everyone kind of agrees on that. And when you come in, oh. that's one of the things I miss the most about playing actually after a big win and you come in. And the tunes are pumping. The boys are dancing. Broadway's doing his thing. And it's just like, it's one of the best feelings I've ever, I ever had in my life. All living. six foot five of them. All six foot five Who of them. Who fucking knew? Jesus Christ. I, I got some decent dance moves. Like the, I like to assume I do. <laughs> all right, boys. I could talk tunes all day with you guys. Let's move on to one thing that me and the updog, I've been watching these games. And one thing we've noticed, cons and, and, and Broadway, is these fucking iPad on the benches. <laughs> all right? Like, listen, I wasn't a big film guy. Maybe I should have watched a little more film. I probably should have, but I ain't fucking watching the iPad in between my shift. If I'm a five sixty man, power play maybe. Uppy, what are your thoughts on these guys after every shift looking at the iPad about about what happened on the ice? iPads are for movies, for news, <laughs> and for porn. That's it. I don't know oh, what they're man. watching. To be honest, so not in that order, not in that order, either order. It depends not in that what time. Order. If you're waking up early, it might be different. You know, you get the news first <laughs> and then the porn, but whatever. But basically, when I see uh, iPads have been in the game for four or five years, I'd say. On the bench for maybe a couple years. It's new. It's a new Feels age. It's new thing. to me. It's new age ah. thing. Uh, basically, I see these guys. You know, it's only the guys that make bad plays and they come off and they want <laughs> to like, justify. They want to. They want to make an effort to let like the coach know and everyone oh, know dude. that. Listen, I fucked up, but can I see that? I was sure the guy was there or this. Like the guy might as well turn around and unzip the coach's fucking <laughs> belt. And just be like. Wah, wah, wah. Like, up dog, I me, couldn't agree on. with you more. I, I fucking hated the iPad. Like, I, I could remember every single play, good or bad, that I made during every single game. I don't need a fucking iPad. All, like, you just hit it on the head right there. Those guys bring it back and just try to justify the mistake or try to, like, pull it out to show them, like, how sick of a play they made. Like, everyone in the fucking arena saw it. Fucking let it go. <laughs> yeah. The only yeah. use of the iPad is for a fucking challenge these days. Right, but they are ultimately... Saying like, hey, I made a mistake, and I'm and I'm looking to make sure it doesn't happen again, right? Or yeah, am, I, am I giving no, them too much to credit? See if the coach is going to say it's okay, little Tommy, you're going to get better next play. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, basically they're like they want the coach to realize like oh, that they care I'm, that they care. I'm they're such a pro. responsibility. I'm looking at the iPad. Coach. fucking thing in the world. Really? So you guys, all three pro guys here, missing curfew, <laughs> are calling bullshit on the iPads? Maybe we should have watched Fuck a yeah. little more iPads. <laughs> I'm calling fucking bullshit. Yeah, why, totally. why, 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 why would we have meetings for 30 minutes a day breaking down the other team? You know what they're going to do. So you're just trying to justify yourself that you're doing okay. Maybe you're great. You're you in guys, the National League, kid. Enjoy it. Maybe you guys should have looked at some iPads. Yeah. <laughs> Cons, you're probably right. I was looking in the crowd. I was Cons, looking you're in probably the crowd. right. 
Maybe if I use the iPad more, I would have got 500 fucking games. Wow. I was going to say. Hey, my, yeah. my response to the coach always when he was watching the film, like, it's really easy when you have a, a start and stop button with that remote in your can. But out there in the National League, she's moving pretty quick. Happens like, fast. Yeah, well, I, I can't just Ryan Reeves breathing pause. down your neck. Yeah. So, boys on the iPads, fuck off. Just play the game. And power play, guys. <laughs> Power play guys, I get That's it. Even, it. Specialty even, teams, especially Especially teams, Special go teams ahead. And challenges. But if you go out and have a 30 second shift and you come back and be like, what I do? You skate around in circles and you didn't touch the biscuit, is what you did. <laughs> <laughs> like, you fucking turned it over. You didn't block the shot. You're, you're fucking brutal. Hey, the worst was when the coach, remember they started tracking like the amount of time you had possession of the puck? And like, you'd be like, oh, how long do you think you had the puck tonight? I'd be like, oh, I had the puck on my stick for like two minutes. Coach was like, nope, you had it for 10 seconds. I'm like, oh, fuck, I must have been brutal tonight. <laughs> All right, boys. One thing that's been talked about a lot is, is the new Caps head coaching job. It's it's a really good job. You got obviously they won the cup a couple years ago. You got Ovi and the boys there. I just wanted to touch base with you guys and and the three candidates that we're here and I'm missing curfew are Gerard Gallant, uh, Mike Babcock, and Peter Laviolette. Um, for me, I'll start first. Uh, I think it's either Gallant or Laviolette. I don't think Ovi wants any part of Babs and his shenanigans and his arrogance and all that stuff that goes with Babcock, but. He does a um, good job with young kids, I heard. I, w- I would love to see Gerard Gallant get in there and get that job. What, what, who, who would be the guy for you, Ups, if you're a veteran on that Washington team, which they have a ton of veteran guys. So you, you need a guy that can handle these guys that are making big money. So for me, I played for one of these guys, uh, and I've heard so many other stories about the other two. Gerard Gallant, for me, needs to be a top runner for a group like that. Older group, Gerard Gallant lets these guys play. He kind of gives them a fucking purpose, gives them a mission, and basically lets them go out and do their thing. Now, maybe that's what they had before. I'm not sure. But he's been a coach that gets teams to where they need to be and quite it hasn't been able to carry them on to the, you know what Peter DeBoer is doing with Vegas right now. Um, Gerard Gallant got these guys there. They're an older group. They just needed to go out and play. Mike Babcock, guy's a cocksucker. You know, I had numerous stories from <laughs> no, friends that play yeah. for him. He's so arrogant. Uh, we've heard, yeah, it, he, and it's not a secret. It's all over. It's all over the news. What what happened this year with Marner? The stuff he played. You know, the stuff, the tr- the tricks up his sleeve and all that bullshit. Yeah, I hope his name gets tossed out. And you know, Lavi. I hear good things about Lavi. I hear Philly. He was good. Uh, he's won before. I mean, he's going to get a good look. But ultimately, it's going to be within those guys in that room to get uh, to get that team back to where they need to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I've never played for Babcock, but like you said, his pass is out there. And if I'm a young kid, I'm fucking walking on eggshells every day with that guy in the room. But I think, um, like you said, Gallant and Lavi are huge. <laughs> Gallant and Lavi are two guys that I got to play for. And Gerard Gallant is a definition of a player's coach. He's played the game. He knows what it's like to be on an NHL team. He loves it. He's always there for the guys. He's a good guy. He's a motivator. And then you have Laviette, who's like, I play for him at World Championships, and he's just a a straight motivator. He was like trying to get us fired up for an exhibition game against Germany. And he comes in and tells us the Germans have been eating screws and nails for six months waiting for the Americans. And I was just laughing my ass off. I'm buzzing around in a goalie Jersey. Thinking these guys from Germany, you're going to fucking eat my head off. I have, I have a question, fellas. Why, why is it always the same fucking five names that are thrown around? And it's no disrespect to Laviolette or whoever, but aren't there new guys out there, assistant coaches in the system? Every time, how many, Laviolette, I mean, granted, he's a great coach. He did a great job with the Islanders. But, like, I just don't get why it's the same names every time. And also, the second part of my question is, what did Babcock do to Mitch Marner? <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, what he made, so he called Mitch Marner in as a rookie con. So, like, granted, Toronto had kind of a younger team, but he called Mitch Marner in and made him rate one to 20, whatever's on on the team, who works hard in practice and who doesn't. And then told the fucking boys who Mitch Marner thought worked hard and who didn't. So this poor rookie had to write a list, and then Mike Babcock went in front of his teammates and told him, hey, Marner says this is the order of guys who work hard and who don't work hard. I mean, as That's a, a horrible thing he, to do. I think he had Kadri on the bottom of that list. You know, he well, has he's Patrick well, Marlowe you know in the middle of it, like, like you that's an that. asshole move that's an, uh, on Babcock. You know what? He's out. You're out, Babs. He's out. But but the yeah. other part is, come on, isn't there somebody else out there in the system? Why does it have to be the same guys? Yeah, it's a great question. And honestly, I think it's just it's an old boys club. And Uppy sent me a great article this morning about how it's a copycat league and what teams do. If a, if a team wins the Stanley Cup, that team teams try to build their squad the same way as, let's say, Vegas gets it done. So I just think, cons it's, it's an old boys club, one. And two, 
I think they just want an established name, but the American League is full filled with young, good coaches great that coaches. just need an opportunity. The Travis Greens, Jeremy Greener. Collington. Greener. That's a great example, yeah. Uppy. Sheldon Brookbank, guys, our boy Brookie in Chicago. Billy, right now, Billy. Suits are a little tight on the bench, Billy. <laughs> Get on the whole 30, bud. <laughs> he was a great guy. I got to play with him in Chicago. He's the definition of I love of a Bill Brookbank. He's the best. Oh, he was an awesome, awesome guy. But, like, oh, you just hit on the head. It's a, it's a country club. It's just it's an ongoing rotation. It's a country trouble I would love to get my ass into as well. <laughs> you know what? It's it's a gamble. It's kind of a gamble for someone to just let a young coach come in and take the reins, right? And, yeah, and it, it didn't work in Washington. But you got to think there's been so many good fucking NHLers in the past 10 years that have retired and got into coaching that deserve a, you know, a kick at the can. And, and these guys are players' coaches, like right? And that's who you want to play for. We all know it. And, you know, it's a kid's game now. now it's fast. It's skilled. There's so many guys that can bring a new way of thinking into a dressing room and I, I don't know i'm a big fan of what cons just said and maybe throwing in some younger let's get chelios behind the bench 100 <laughs> percent. like, yeah, you said, no, like when you got a guy that's a player's coach you want to play for that guy and you'll do anything for him to win because you know that's the coach that's given you all the chances in the world so you want him behind the bench for a selfish reason i agree with everything give the young guys a chance up dog is that Coors light you need another one there or? i do i do okay we'll send one in we'll send one in that's how they roll here at action park media they send them in for you that's a, that's top notch. All right, let's get into some playoffs. Broadway up dog. First of all, we'll start with our two squads. I picked the Avs to win the West. You boys picked Philly to win the East. Let's talk Philly. Go ahead. What what do you think cost them, or or how's their future? What, what do you think about the Flyers, boys? Kevin Hayes had his guy. He was unbelievable in this playoffs, and, and as a um, as a big brother, it's, it's yeah, you pretty don't have cool to pump to, him. He's got a seven year deal. You don't have to pump. Yeah, him. he's got a seven year deal, but it, it's cool to see how hard he works. Like shit that people don't see. He puts a lot of time and effort into his game, and he was unbelievable. But I was literally shocked that they lost, and I'm not happy that I got to make a call in my bookie. I got to figure out maybe <laughs> hopefully the Celtics can win me fucking some money. Oh, back. we the North coming for you, by the Raptors. I don't know. About yeah, the, the Raptors pushing Game Seven. Uh, you just got to look. You can't look anywhere but the Phillies. You know, top line minus Kevin Hayes, minus K- Konecki. He You're was talking like Giroux, I mean, Voracek, I mean, they're old boys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Voracek's there on JVR. a big deal. He needs to do more. I loved, I love Voracek. He was, he was a fucking hilarious kid to play with in Columbus. But um, they just they struggled. Giroux struggled. He got back on the score sheet, but he just struggled to find his game. JVR, same deal. But these three guys are guys that need to carry their heartbeat. Uh, they have the city fucking on their backs and they needed to do more. So basically there's going to be a change in Philadelphia. Um, we'll see what happens this summer, but they're going to have to address some, some issues there and, uh, and maybe on their back end. I will say, I think, uh, I think they showed a little heart, right? They could have quit on that three, one. They, they, they took it. They ran at the seven and I, I actually was kind of critical of drew early on, but I, I think they, you know, they, they just, they made a good run. I mean, they tied it. You know, it came down. To anything can happen in a game seven. You know what, Cons? That's a great point. And listen, three one in the bubble, Uppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as you know, and Hazy, for your brother, tough, and, that's a tough spot to be in the bubble. But we had him to win. Like we I know, I, had him to go. I, I, know, I, lose to I thought fucking the Islanders. I thought for the Flyers Conley. when they put that Oscar Lindblom back in the lineup. Did you? I had goosebumps. Yeah, on my back. that was that epic. was that was awesome. And like that energy, my brother said, like they want to do anything to yeah. get that win for that guy. That I should actually cool. ask him how much money. On the board they had for that guy in that game. I mean, I'm sure Hazy, I'm sure Hazy, the leader he is in that room, probably put up a fucking couple cheese. No, I mean, it, yeah, that, yeah, that when, you're making a, when you're making seven bananas a year, you can do that. That was a pretty, no, that was a, a pretty, it was a great story. Um, look, like you said, anything can happen in game seven. And, you know, Islanders, <laughs> I don't know, man. They're playing Tampa. Tampa just looks good. They're fast. I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of speechless. We're going to get into your Islanders, but I'll give the Islanders some credit for the way they played in that game seven. And I'll touch on the Avs. They real- played their game. They played their game. game. They, they played great. Um, but I give the great point by Cons. Flyers forced it to seven. Uh, on, on the Avalanche, I'll touch on them real quick. Obviously, they were McKenna was unbelievable. They were a little banged up. They had seven guys out in that series, which we all know injuries are part of the playoffs. Moving forward, I, I think their depth, is still kind of a question. And the one thing I didn't realize and I forgot, I guess, is that they're, they're still kind of young. Their core is young. It was a good experience for them. Um, the Avs are looking bright. They're going to they're gonna be going to the conference finals and Stanley Cup finals. Oh, I agree with you there with McKinnon. He's a guy that can go look himself in the mirror. Like, he put on an absolute clinic during this bubble playoff. I think he actually tied uh, Gretzky's record with that 14-game point streak he had, which is just impressive. That's just insane. Yeah, no, he's he was next level. I mean, they'll be back. They got... They got 
they got good pieces in McKinnon. He's my favorite player to watch right now. And um, moving on to the to some more playoff stuff. Uppy, this is a question. Broadway, you can answer it too. I don't know if you played in the game seven, but I, I watched nope. I watched the Vegas and, and uh, Dallas play game one of that series. And granted, there was no fans. It was the biggest snooze fest that I had watched. So Uppy, guy who's played in some game sevens, how hard is it? not just physically, but mentally to get engaged and picture no fans to get engaged for that next game one after a hard-fought seven-game series for both teams that are playing in that game one. I mean, game sevens, boys, they're, they're fucking unbelievable to play in. There's, there is so much just energy and hype, and you know it's do or die. You know you're either putting a team to rest or it's fucking golf course and beers for your, for your squad. So um, I, I was fortunate enough. I've been in four. I have one. Uh, I've been winners of three and lost one. Uh, we lost one in wow, Florida, a tough one, double OT. I fucking put one off Marty B's fucking shoulder, and then Adam Henrique scores a tough one on us. But you, you know what? It's it, it, the refreshing part to touch on this. Like, if you win a game seven and you go into, like, the warm-ups, say, for the next game, for game one, against a new team with a new strategy, a fucking – you're looking across at different colors, different squad in a different city – I mean, it's it has this like stigma of okay, fucking, let's go try to get the first one. But it's a whole other energy. It's like you're starting fresh. You got to fucking, you got to look and find new battles. You got to find new enemies, uh, and that to me provides an opportunity for new heroes and and all this new stuff. Right? It's it's a fucking fresh sheet. But in the bubble, I mean, kudos to the fucking New York Islanders who play in a fucking tough game seven against Philly. Well, they, they walk all over them to be honest. Yeah, they do. And they travel all the way across the fucking country to jump in a game against the fucking waiting assassin team in Tampa Bay, a fresh Tampa Bay. Lightning and squad. basically oh. they get walked, which is a, the NHL. I mean, they got to figure that out. That was, that was poor for the game. It was, it was tough on Trotsy, tough on them making goalie decisions for the game. Um, but it is what it is. They're in the bubble. They're trying to fucking get games out for us to watch. Um, but boys, game sevens are, are what it's all about. And, and I mean, right now I see this Vegas and Dallas series going long. Uh, I hope fucking New York Islanders can get back in it. But that game seven, man, fucking those are those are awesome. And I think we've we've seen a couple of good ones. Yeah, it's really cool to be able to play in a game seven. I haven't, but those guys, that's what you dream as a little kid to play in a game seven, scoring that goal. That's just an awesome feeling for those guys. But it's a lot of you know, it's a lot of mental preparation to get yourself back up and excited for that game one because you can look at it like, all right, maybe we lose this game. We still got six more to play. So it's, that game seven is that's a that's a lot of um, adrenaline pumped out of you. It's very stressful to watch. Isn't it? Yeah, I didn't even text you, Cons, during game seven. Not, I, I let you. <laughs> I let you be. I was like, I didn't even text you. Good luck, Cons, because I was like, if I text good luck and they lose, maybe I, I'm like, I'm just gonna let this guy nestle. On the game seven. Oh, he's like, oh, I hate to bother you during the game. I'm like, I'm not playing in the game. <laughs> Sleep it on the couch. Hey, speaking of, let's get into the Islanders Tampa series, Cons. And, and you were good enough to come on uh, NHL Serious Network with me. And we talked Varlamov or, or the, the grease and that. Rice. Rice. Sorry, thank you. My bad. I, I thought Varley should have started game one. Cons, just give us your take on, on the Islanders Tampa series so far, and then we'll get Broadway and Updog to chime in on it. Well, I think they made the right call bringing Grice in to game seven against Philly, but, you know, moving forward for what was surely a monster, I, I, and what do I know? Trotz no, you know. knows best, but I, I would have started Varlamov in, in game one. He, he maybe rattled his confidence a little bit, um, but, you know, it is what it is, and listen, Tampa's good. Uh, what else can you say? They're, they're fast. The Islanders lost a, a heartbreaker in game two. I mean, yeah, uh, a soft goal by Hedman, and then to lose essentially a buzzer beater, but, you know, listen, you know, you win game you win game three and it's two to one. You're back in the series. Yeah. So right you really do it. take it one at a time. Yeah, I think that, like you said, that game one, I was I was a little surprised at that big blowout there. I was, um, I was like, honestly <laughs> shocked there. at that blowout. I always thought um, the Islanders are going to come out ready to play and Tampa's sitting there waiting for them. Like, you never know what they're doing in the bubble with a couple of days off waiting for a team. But this Braden Point guys, we know what they're doing. This in guy is the real fucking JW Marriott Broadway to the fucking lobby this bars. Guy Point, Braden Point in his last seven games got four goals, twelve apples. Yeah, he's nasty. He's got eleven five on five points. He's got twenty two shots on net. This kid is outscoring his opponent twelve to twenty. He's on the ice. So this will be curious to see if this guy's really injured. That's going to be a big deal. 
So Collins, Broadway saying, get a guy on him. <laughs> 21, <laughs> 21 in blue. Text the boys. Someone get on him. Well, also. He's a decent player. Hedman yeah, you might want to like, get on Hedman. Hedman is dominant. I mean, he just, this guy, just he runs all over the ice. Guy plays fucking 30 minutes a game. It's crazy. He's, he's never not on the ice. 270 minutes the guy's played here in the playoffs. And he can skate with anybody. So it's like, I, I, how do you fucking get your top guys going when Hedman plays 30 minutes of the game and he skates faster than some of your, you know, best players. And he's basically putting fucking pucks in the net every game. I think he's on a, almost a four game, four game goal streak. Yeah. Which I is, mean, and just, he's bigger than me up dog. This he's kid, insane. He's taking up a lot of room on that. Fuck, ice. I used to battle with him hard. Fuck, if I could skate like him, I'd have a few it's more bananas in the fucking, fucking elbows. <laughs> hey, he looks at the iPad. Hey, a, he looks at the iPad. Yeah, if I skated that well, cards and looked as good as him, I'd be at the iPad all day too. Being like, look <laughs> at that. You'd still stride. be playing. Fuck, yeah, he's poetry. Okay, I want to ask you boys, and listen, we're all old school guys. We are, right? It doesn't matter. We are. So the Killhorn hit. I'll give another shout-out. I can't believe every week fucking Larry Flowers is texting me all game about the Killhorn hit. Let's start with cons again. What did you think of it, or what do you, what do you think of the officiating so far in the series and the call on this hit? Was it dirty? Well, listen, for me, it sounds like I'm being, like, an Islander fan, but I thought that game was poorly officiated. Yeah, that was a bad hit. He, you know, Brock Nelson it could have been out for the, you know, he's one of their top guys. It could have been out for the series. It was a bad hit. They followed it up with another bad hit that wasn't called. Bad icings. They, they, there was 10 blown calls in that game. Whatever. Not to cry about it, but, like, uh, <laughs> it's okay. I'm not a milk carton guy, but I'm putting the officials on the milk carton. <laughs> boy, The officials back on the milk carton for the fourth straight week or fifth straight week. I love it. I love it here at Mr. Curfew. Up, dog, what do you think about the Killhorn hit from a guy who played over the edge every now and then and didn't yeah. take a run at guys? It's To me, it's so you give the guy five in a game. And in a game like that, they – you know, Tampa is a team that has basically played, I think, for the last five games, and it's a John Cooper thing, but they play with 11 forwards and 7D, basically giving them options on the back end. They probably, maybe McDonough's still maybe a little bit banged up, giving them Luke Shen some opportunity to fucking come in and play physical. But, you know, if you lose one guy to an injury, they did Braden Point, then, you know, you're down to 10. And then you get a guy on, for me, it's a suspect hit. It's a, it's a hit on a back check. Uh, you're finishing a play on a winger who is, he's a little vulnerable, but you, I mean, you, you hit, yeah, but you hit him in the shoulder the first. You hit him in the shoulder. A guy, he knows he's getting hit. So maybe his first intention is to, is to kind of like turn and, and sell it a little bit. Listen, if that was me hitting a guy, I'm suspended. If it's Killhorn, who's a top six, if it's a <laughs> track top record, six guy, gotcha. yeah, yeah, fuck, I like to finish track my hair. I'm sure you're suspended. I mean, this guy's fucking Brock Nelson. I mean, he was like a ricochet. His face banged off that glass pretty hard, bro. It's okay. part of the fucking game. Yeah, it is part of but, the game. It's not. So it's it's not five an elbow. minutes and a game and game four. Uh, that's see, that's just where Guns. if you're gonna kick the guy out for fu- fucking five, uh, then I can't see him getting suspended the next day. Nelson's not hurt. He came back fucking one I shift agree. later. So he got his fucking penalty. I, I read this morning that he's getting, you know, the hearing and all this bullshit. It's not malicious. It's a fucking finished check that's, you know, rattles the guy's head off the glass. It happens fucking all the time. It's the fucking Eastern Conference Finals, isn't I, it? Listen, dog? I think if... Yeah, Cons, I, think, I got a question for you. Shoot. If that hit was on Matt Martin, would we even be talking about it? Well, listen... Like, I, it's unfortunate to hit a, it's a, a top-end player. Right. And the guy gets the injured, but then they come back out. They get a five-minute major. They had five on threes in the night, and they didn't score. But it's like I said, it's, sometimes it depends on who gets the hit and they get blown out of proportion here and there. But if it's a guy like Matt Martin who's tough and he's going to get probably right back up, we're not even talking about this hit. I hear you. But also, too, I mean, to Uppy's point, I know you really can't do this, but I, I think the end result, if Brock Nelson plays, then the other guy should be allowed to play because yeah. five minutes in the game is good. Yeah. And, if, and if Brock Nelson comes back, then they should let him play. And he probably will. That's a great point. I, I, I think that's a good standard. If a guy can comes back and finishes the game, then you sit the rest of the one and you can play the next night. Yeah, I mean, we all have guys and we all have our friends that got concussions and, you know, me have had a concussion. I mean, it happens. It's part of the game. The whiplash is part of the game. But if that guy, if if Nelson's a right-hand shot, supposedly playing the right wall, which he should have been, that finished check is just a shoulder-to-shoulder. He He's able to absorb it. The fact that he's a lefty and as he follows through, he turns into the glass. It's just, it's unfortunately a part of the game, but you're, you're not maliciously elbowing a guy in the face or purposely hitting his head with your shoulder. That's it's definitely a five minute major. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. 100% <laughs> up. Claude's just got a serious look on his face, boys. He thinks it's five. I say let them play, boys. I'd say get up. Oh, well, they let them play because there was a bunch of dirty hits. Claude's just saying there was a bunch of dirty hits on the. A bunch of dirty hits? Well, they took a run at him. The guy comes back in his first shift, they take another run at him. And this is my guy that I drafted. This is my guy that I drafted, and I take that personally. Great draft pick, but it's Eastern Conference Finals cons. He's going to get more of that. He's going to get I'm, more of that. That's fine. Fonz, you did fine. look great up on that stand doing Fonz, that Fonz, you did have a good suit on. Your hair looked fresh. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, though, like Connolly, yeah, so Connolly did stand up and fucking did. You did draft Brock. Yeah, he drafted I, him. Yeah, yeah, I said uh, with pick. the 30th pick in the 2010 <laughs> NHL draft, the New York pick, Islanders Cons. like Brock great Nelson from pick. War Road High School. Wow, Cons. Um, Vegas, Dallas, we'll do it too quick. Uh, I think it's going to be a long series. I think um, Vegas bounced back great in game two. They're big. They wore down my poor Canucks. The Canucks, talk about character, Kevin. The Canucks showed some good character. Obviously, Demko stood in his head. But Vegas looks big. They look strong. They look tough. Up They're just good. Yeah, Vegas is, uh, you know, I, I, I see Vegas being a team that just, they're they're hungrier than most. They've been there before. They played. They play fucking deep. They're goaltending. Leonard, you know, Leonard's really making a name for Leonard's himself. Leonard's been great. Fuck, he's a big boy in there, isn't he, brother? He's, uh, he, he, just tied, he just tied, um... Flowers record for postseason shutouts, and he's still got another series and another one after that. So it might be broken before this uh, bubble trips over. I remember when they made that trade. Me and the Updog were, I think we were tearing up, probably. And Uppy said we were talking about. It, and I just said I thought that I think Leonard I stole you twenty. I think he might. Well, let's just make it a cocktail now. That I'm back on the sauce, but I thought Leonard <laughs> would come in, and obviously it was a great just a backup. But I thought he would eventually take over. But I mean, I'm not going to chirp Flurry because he's a Hall of Famer, but. No, you did say he would start Vegas game team? one, though, right? Yeah, I did think he'd come playoff time pre-COVID. I thought he would start game one just because of his frame, how big he is. Fleury's had a great career. I think it was just, I think they got Leonard to lean on his big frame for the for, for how far they're going to go. Vegas has been a team in the playoffs. As they're, they're proving their point. Like, with that win the other night, I believe that's their 28th playoff win, and that's more wins than yeah. Columbus has 12. <laughs> Florida has 19, and Minnie has 27. And what's Vegas been in the fucking league? Three years? Fuck, that, Broadway. That's fucking impressive. It's so funny you bring that up. Up you on hole, on hole three yesterday. We were about to tee off. He's like, boys, listen to this fucking stat. And he pulled that <laughs> one out, and I was like, wow, that stings an organization when you've been around that long, man. man I, have a, I have a question. Um, we'll, I mean, come on. So you have the draft, right? What is, what is it called? The expansion draft. Expansion draft. And look at what fucking Vegas did. Will it? Will they mix it up for the Seattle Great draft question. because it was so easy for Vegas and teams got just brutalized? So do they mix it up or does does Seattle get the same shot? Jimmy Broadway, I think Seattle's going to get the same shot. Teams are going to be a little more lenient though. Like, look for example, Vegas just fleeced Columbus. They took fleeced. Carlson. <laughs> they took Carlson and got a first round pick for him. Like that's insane to me. Like, Columbus, wake up. You just let the kid walk, and the kid's a 30-goal scorer now. Like, that's amazing. Those deals are going down in Seattle, then. There must be some insider trading going on in this GM. He was office. a 40-goal man the year he got there. Yeah, but he, well, was, he, he sure was. Nasty. But how many did he get for Wild Columbus? Bill, like, baby. Oh, he didn't get much for, for Columbus, but his first but year still, in Vegas, 40. Your job as a GM to see his progress. Like, you got to think he's got that in him. I mean, and, and I think it's the same fucking rules, right, for Seattle? Which is yep. which is why, like you know, they're going to bring in a lot of the same people who made decisions for from what happened in Vegas, and well, it has to be right, or else it wouldn't be fair. Yeah, life's not fair. Well, let me ask. And no, let me ask. There's some adjustments for the, for the viewers. Explain how how it works for each team during the expansion draft. That's actually a great question. They could protect what four defensemen and ten forwards. Ten forwards. I didn't get protected. One Boston goalie. forgot to protect me that year. And one goalie. But but it, it, it's the thing kind of thing where you don't protect people that can't take on contracts, right? So, so a lot of the time they'll leave guys. Like I remember Corey Perry got left off for the Ducks because they knew that no one was going to take pairs at eight bananas a year. So right. they didn't protect him. So it comes in with contracts, term, ability. A lot, of, a lot of them are going to be younger guys, obviously, because they want to build their thing like Vegas. But it's definitely going to be something that these GMs are going to think about protecting their players differently, I think, moving forward. In this when does season. Seattle start? When is that? Next year? Wow. Are the Montreal Canadiens gonna gonna uh, protect Mister Carey Price? Yeah, you heard it here first on Missing Curfew. Carey Price will be drafted to the Seattle Krakens, motherfucking Krakens, the Krakens. He's going Flurry style to the Seattle Krakens. <laughs> you heard it at Missing Curfew first. And is Jake Allen taking the reins in Montreal? Uh, well, yeah, and they have this young goalie prospect Primo that's coming up. So it's going to be I'm hearing yeah. it's going to be Allen and Primo. 
Price's Price grew up in Kelowna, right up east. He sure did. His Just girl, outside. His girls from the Northwest cons. So we know that when the wife speaks, you know, guys got to listen. He's going. Well, that's a good starting yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. I think he's going to have a big smile on his face when he sees his name's not protected. <laughs> I mean, he's had to deal with that media for so many years. Like, Montreal's got to wear. Oh, God bless on him. him. All right, boys. Oh, man, imagine dealing with Let's that do every it. day. Let's do Milk Carton. I'm staying in this series. Milk Carton. Listen, this guy, I respect him. I'm jealous of him. He's an absolute wheel. Beauty. He's making, I think, nine or ten bananas. But he's got two goals in the bubble, and now I probably know why because he's been at the JW Marriott all the fucking time. <laughs> um, so Tyler Sagan has left his has left his legs in the JW bar. Two goals, all playoffs. Sagan, I respect you. You're a beauty. You get tons of kills. You got to be better. You're on my milk carton. I'm just gonna agree with you, Obi. I, wow. I, I am. I am. Just because I do know what kind of damage this kid can do. Yeah, and I know what kind of damage because I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> well, off the ice, but on the ice and on the How ice. Firsthand, have you seen boys, it? It just makes you think, and it, it's tough to put him on the milk carton. Although he is, but it, it has to be maybe an injury here or something going Could on be. because he's just—he's not the Tyler Sagan. That's you know, he's not even thirty years old yet. He's—he's he's always been a fucking playoff guy, and he's just not bringing it right now. But. If he can turn it around, Dallas is uh Dallas is gonna, a lot of hockey yeah, left. Dallas a lot of hockey. If he can, lots of hockey left, and that's a guy that he gets going. He be could careful, be off Vegas. the milk cart. Yeah, listen, be boys. Careful. I'll be great, boy, great point by all you boys. And I'm trying to get him going by putting on my milk yeah, carton yeah. here. I mean, I Bro, love the milk carton guys we put on have fucking got it going. Got him going. I would love to get it going. I would love to play with Tyler Sagan. I know he's making a lot of money. He'd probably take care of the tab. And I, know he's, <laughs> I know he's lining up girls in Dallas when we go out. So I, I'm pulling for this guy. But two goals with that contract. If he gets going. Fuck, we could see Dallas against, you know, the Islanders or Tampa in the finals. But Broadway or cons? What about milk cartons for you guys? You, you, what do you got? Um, it's my milk carton. It's kind of crazy how things come full circle here. Uh, Riley Smith and uh, Marsha Show. I'm going to put two guys <laughs> on the carton here. Those guys combined got zero goals in the last eight games. And I'm just starting to wonder, did I jinx him with my rant? Boston <laughs> might not want you back, Riley. What was the guy's name from fucking Charlie? Oh, yeah, it's Charlie from Wareham. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck it, Sagan. You know him. He was great for us in Boston. Riley Smith, too, but I don't want either of them back right now. <laughs> Fuck me. Red Sox just won four games in a row, though. <laughs> and those Celtics are fucking right there. Cons oh, any- yeah, Celtics, baby. Cons, anything milk carton? Yeah, or- I mean, come on, dude. I, listen, I, I hate to do it, but I got to put the officials on the milk carton yeah. after that <laughs> oh, yeah. performance that's last right, night. That's right, okay. And I'm, and I'm hoping to get them off. I hope they hear this. I want them off the milk carton. I get it. It's play. Let's play the game. But I don't know. I, I felt like uh, I felt like the Islanders got robbed, and, it, I, and of course I'm going to say that. But I really feel that way. Maybe we got us. Are they staying at the JW Marriott, the officials? Because if not, maybe we get them there. They might loosen up a bit and not call as much if they're a little more relaxed. See, maybe the Islanders 100%. are not adjusting to the. We got to get them on the phone here and ask them what's going on. Let the boys play playoffs, baby. All right, boys. That's all. All great stuff here. We could do. I could do this all day with you guys. Final thoughts here uh, to, our, to our listeners. Thanks again for, for putting up with us on our on our late recording this week. We appreciate it. Islanders down two. We've got to win game three. Vegas-Dallas is going to be a long series. Uh, Updog, what are your final thoughts here and moving into next week? I just hope the NHL can find a way to get these fucking the guys' families into this bubble for the last, little, point. For the last little bit. It was something I thought about for uh, – for the last little while, like these guys, man, they left their dogs at home. They left their kids at home. They left their, you know, their wives there. It, you know, Canada, find a way to get everyone in. Let them enjoy a fucking cup run with their fucking boys. And because uh, it's such a special time in everyone's life. And you know what? NHL's done a great job of keeping COVID away from their bubble. But you, know, you still at some point got to let these guys be with their families. It's it's a it's an important thing. Uh, Canada, let's go. We know you can pull through and get these guys you know, their puppies and their their kids back. Great point, Updog. Great point and by up you. Dog, I think that's a, a huge motivator for a lot of these players. You know, if a, kid, a guy gets to see his kid and his kid's watching him play right in that arena, you're going to play a little bit harder because, you know, you ought to win for that little guy. I think that's a great motivator. they got to figure out a way to get them in there. It, they've been there for a long time, and you know, there's less people in the bubble now. There's only four teams left. We can make some room for the families. I agree. Good, good point by both you guys. Our captain in the booth, Cons, final thoughts? I, I got to get in the bubble. Yeah, I want to be get in the to JW Marriott. Now you want to go to JW, I'll don't you? Hey, <laughs> JW. If the, if the Islanders make a series out of this, hey, I'm guy. getting in that motherfucking bubble. Trust me. Hey, listen, I, I got. I'm actually trying to go if home. They go to the finals. I'm fucking. I will steamroll the bubble. I'm going into the bubble. 
invited or uninvited. If they could sneak girls into the bubble, they can sneak me into I, the bubble. I'm I caught. agree. I agree. And I think, you know, being a famous guy like yourself at the border, these Canadian guys are so nice. They'll see. They're probably like, oh, Kevin Connolly, come on in, eh? So you might be able to do it, bud. I'm willing to quarantine for two days, but then I want in. <laughs> Good show today, I, fellas. I think that's fair. Great show. Broadway, great having you back. Thanks to Action Park Media, Updog, your beauty. Always a pleasure, Obi. Great job. Cons, thanks, boys. See you next week. Always a pleasure getting back with you guys. Love you guys. Is a big shrug, a life filled with that's what I love. A lower plateau is what we're above. If you diss us, we won't even think of. We'll nip of the dog and give a big shove. This rhythm really fits like a snug glove, like a box of positives. It's a plus love as the trial flies high like a dove. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 